and welcome to Unashamed, a Smut Lovers podcast where we just want to talk about smut. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Courtney. And today we are doing another read-along. It is Compel by Candace Wright. So this is book two, but they are standalones. If you haven't read book one, I don't know if it'll make a difference. I think so. I think Kenzo was a side character in Coerce, right? Yeah, he was like the best friend of the guy in Coerce. So I haven't read Coerce since it came out. Um, I do have to be honest that it is probably my least favorite Candace Wright book. That's not to say that it's not still a good book because Candace Wright is one of my favorite authors of all time. Um, but the, it's the vibe is so intense um, compared to like all of her other books. So Candace Wright is very good at taking heavy situations and adding enough lightness into it to keep you going. Like, I don't know. Did that make sense? It did. I agree. Okay. I agree. Also, I feel like at least for um, Coerce, uh, most of her like main male characters are gritty and dark in some way. I, you know, for the most part, I want to say she has a couple of light books, but for the most part, these, however, I remember in Coerce, it was dark and gritty in a different way the main male character was. Like it wasn't yeah. the same as a lot of her other ones where like they're criminals or they're bad guys with a better moral compass. The man and course didn't have a moral compass. Yeah, like they're like usually her her dudes will be like dark with redeeming qualities. Yeah, redeeming qualities and like a sense of humor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so that it brightens up these really dark and heavy conversations that are being had in these books. And um, Coerce was not that way. Coerce was just dark. It was just heavy. It was just intense. It was just um, morally black. Like it, it didn't have the lightness and redeeming qualities that most of her books do. And I would say that there's only one other book that I've read by Candace Wright that I felt was in the same vein. And let me see if I can find it. It's the one with, it was in her last series that she did, not the candy shop, but a collateral damage, maybe one of those. It was maybe. the one with the wife of the big bad guy. Oh yeah, I guess. Was it but that, that main male character still had redeeming qualities though compel or sorry coerce was it it was in my opinion in its own vein as far as candace wright's work goes like she's had other dark books before she's had other heavy books before um but i feel like coerce was just it's kind of special honestly like it doesn't it doesn't fit the mold as far as this author typically and and like i said it's not a bad book but when you've read every single book that an author's put out and it, it kind of follows the same voice and it kind of follows the same vibe um it, at least to some extent and then you read this book that is just like it could have been written by a different author just the vibe is so much different 
um, than all of the rest of the books. Yeah, I agree. I do. And I mean, I also, I remember Coerce not being my favorite of Candace Wright's books, which once again, she has so many and they're all so good. This was also a, a good book. It just, you know, like Kelsey said, it wasn't quite in the same, in the same vein as like the rest of her novels, which I think is a big reason why we wanted to read this one because we wanted to see if it would follow the same kind of vibe, which judging from the blurb, I think that it will yeah. follow the same way as Chorus did just because uh, they know each other. And I, if I remember correctly, I can kind of vaguely remember that they were both kind of birds of a feather as far as the main male characters. And also this just, just judging by what the blurb says, it seems like it's going to be another one of those really intense, dark, uh, lack of moral compass characters. Yeah, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I just think that like when you go into, at least where mine, my mindset was when I read Course, I went into it thinking, oh, this is another Candace Wright book. I'm automatically going to love it. It's automatically going to have, you know, A, B, and C qualities that you can expect from Candace Wright. And it just wasn't that. So it it threw me for a loop when I went in expecting one thing and it was something completely different, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But when you go in expecting something and you get something else, sometimes it does, like, <laughs> it throws you off, you know? Um, this book, I feel like we know a little bit more what to expect as far as the vibe goes if we're basing it off of course. So yeah. that, I mean, I'm really interested because it, it, <laughs> it was very dark and there was a plot twist in it that was, uh, probably even darker than the plot. <laughs> so... So I'm interested to see, like, what plot twists are we going to get in this? Because Candace Wright always has a plot twist, at least one. Yes, she does. I love that about her. Also, uh, we're doing this intro the day before this book releases, so we don't know where our midway stopping point is. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, though. Like I said, she's one of my favorite authors. I've read every single one of her books. And e yeah, even though Coerce is my least favorite of her books, I still enjoyed it. Like it's still worth reading, you know? I agree. I I haven't disliked really any of Candace Wright's books. So, okay, well, we will let you know where to come back at and yeah. All right. So bye for bye. now. <laughs> Hi guys, it's Kelsey from Editing. So if you are reading along with us, go ahead and come back at chapter 15. That's where we'll be stopping. Pause here. Okay, we're back. I want to say that A, Kenzo is a predator. For sure. And B, this does follow quite a bit into the same vein as Coerce. Yeah, I'm wondering when the other shoe is going to drop just because, like, I can't imagine. It doesn't have some kind of vibe like the last one did. I don't want to give any spoilers. I hope if you're listening to this, you already have read the first book in the series. Um, and if but, not, go do that now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I don't necessarily think you have to read the first one to understand the second. I'm going to try to not give spoilers for the first one. Yes. Um, just in case. But anyways, for the first book, there was a plot twist at the end that you, f you found something out that could have heavily affected their relationship. And I feel like, first of all, okay, big thing that I noticed from this one compared to the last one, I'm way less confused reading this book than I was the first one. Like, I feel like it's a lot easier to follow along with the storyline in this one. Do you get that? Do you remember being, I remember like we were texting each other when we read course and we were just like i'm so fucking confused i have no I, idea what i agree about. but also i think that had a lot to do with the relationship because he was stalking her the in the first book the main male character was stalking the main female one well before she even knew he existed if i remember correctly so there was a lot of stuff going on in the background of that relationship that was a lot different but there might be points that don't have smooth transitions just fyi to the listeners because we dropped a couple spoilers for the last book and we're trying not to do that so on accident any, okay yeah so if there's any rough transitions that's why to this book though uh like you said earlier kelsey where we were a lot less confused i think because of the background in the last book with the two characters it's a lot easier this time because we don't have any background. They don't know each other, or at least we don't know if they know each other yet. I'm a little worried that the Hoffman guy, the guy that they're doing this job for, is the one that hurt Trix. And maybe I she was like a survivor or something. Because she talks about how she was groomed by this guy. And a lot of the bones that are showing up, the female bones, one of the victims that was like, the bones were hers was it looked exactly like his now wife i think that she was the wife you think tricks was the wife yeah that was she says she, she says she has a scar on her stomach yeah it was only three years oh, prior yeah the scar that he was pregnant out, yeah i bet he cut out the baby and killed it and but wouldn't he have recognized her, her in her body bag, assuming she was dead and she escaped and the bones were replaced with her name or whatever, or as somebody who looks like them. Well, but the name. wife is alive now. He got, remember, Kenzo's the one that brought the wife back. She was going to jump. He brought he her back, work. gave her to him and was like, cool. And then years later, it's now been what, three something years Years later, he sees the wife walking into the room. She's like, I need to go to therapy and shopping or whatever. But here's the thing. They found bones with a picture that looks identical to the woman who Kenzo just saw as his wife. So what if there was a, a real death in there faked as being that woman and that woman was put in place of the actual wife which is now tricks i that's my that's my theory i don't know for sure but it it was dark so kenzo didn't get a good look at her he saw the picture but if this woman looks you know if it's like a doppelganger situation where she looks really similar it was three years ago he's not going to remember and he did say that the picture of the wife was 
there was like striking blue eyes and that was the first thing he noticed about tricks was the striking blue eyes and she so, did dye her hair if i remember correctly yeah Trix so has dyed hair now it's like dark brown but it was originally a different color I'm assuming. so yeah i guess and that would be a very candace right thing to do to add a twist like that like but i wouldn't I wouldn't see why she wouldn't remember him. No, yeah, because it does say that he she never got a look at him. Mm-hmm. She never got to see him before he pulled her off the bridge. So you know what? Actually, I agree that your theory has a lot of merit. I and I think she's going to find out he's the one that kidnapped her and brought her back to her husband, who then tortured her and whatever, and that... Mm it's going to cause issues between them because he's going to be like, oh, fuck. Like, I literally am the reason why you were put through this. Like, you know? Yeah. Hmm. If, he, if he has any He's soul. also currently yeah. trying to get her pregnant. Like, while yeah. she's sleeping, he's drugging her and then putting his, you know, baby batter inside of her. And he's like, I'm hoping that the consequences of this are lifelong. And it's like, A, you're, if that is true, how fucking traumatizing. And also, yeah. is she even able to have kids? Like, scarring Probably on her stomach. That's some, ugh. All right. Yeah. I, it would be such a Candace Wright fucking weird curveball to throw for that to be what it is. And it's kind of setting itself up that way, too, now that I think about all the stuff you're saying. And that <laughs> explains the bones. That explains why the bones are such a big part of the but story. But who's, who's it, pulling the well, bones everywhere? It's not her. Okay, but let's say the morgue fucked up, realized they fucked up, the wife got away, or who's, you know... So you think a morgue worker knows where Hoffman's private graveyard, that's unmarked, I'm assuming, his private victim's graveyard is, dug them up over some random woman they don't know? I'm saying that she woke up in a body bag, right? She escapes. The person, whoever the morgue person is, which I'm assuming if he hires Atlas for so many things, he probably does have a person in the morgue who is able to know where he buries his bodies. He's not burying his own bodies. But I'm just saying that morgue person goes to the body bag, realizes the body's fucking gone. They're like, oh shit, I fucked up. They replace it with another set of bones, put it in the system as, you know, change whatever to say that it's actually this person who looks just like the wife or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I... I'm just saying that I think the morgue person had something to do with it. And somebody that buries his bodies knows what's going on. And or has counterpoint. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off. But counterpoint, not somebody who buries his bodies, but somebody who knew one of the previous victims. There's a shit ton of victims. He said that that's like upwards of 50. So somebody who's related to one of the other victims is trying to get him to be scared at the very least or you know get some type of justice because yeah, i mean there's a mob boss on there there's a woman who looks like his wife there, there's so many victims they've identified i think what three or four at this point yeah we're waiting on one right now yeah so maybe it's a family member or maybe he fucked with the wrong family and they're like well why don't we torture him a little bit by getting all these bones up and then we're gonna go after him because atlas and kinzo are already like eh, he's outlived his usefulness we can kill him once the heat dies down or send somebody else to do it. Well, it has to be someone that knew where the bones were. It has to be somebody that was helping him bury bodies because there was a body 
that was at one of his vacation homes that wasn't a fresh grave. Yeah, that's true. So it has to be somebody, it, it has to be one of his men. Or, you know, you can flip men easy, you know? If you want the work done right, do it yourself. That's why people like. There's no way. The arrogance on him, there's no way he was burying. Exactly. But I'm saying it's easy to flip somebody. So what I'm saying is it would be easy. Like, say it's the mafia family, for instance, the from the son who whatever. They could flip the people who do bury this guy's bodies very easily because, like you said, Hoffman doesn't. He pays people to do it or he has people in his employ doing these jobs for him because he's not going to lift a shovel and bury his own body. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. They probably got, they either got flipped or he killed one of their family members or something. Yeah, so I agree. Huh. I feel like a little disappointed now because if all of what we're saying turns out to be right, we just guessed one of the curveballs that Candace Wright throws. And that's like my favorite thing is the, the twist. I mean, we might not be right, but I'm pretty good at guessing. It's so all- are you. We're just getting it's really good at it because part. we read a lot of fucked up stories now. It's one of my favorite parts, so getting to guess and then seeing if we are actually right. I know. I'm excited. Because, like, you already, like, have an idea in your head, but this is cool because we actually get to talk it out, you know? Mm-hmm. But I really think I'm right. I kind of do, too, now. I do. Now that we you've laid it all out and there are some things that I didn't connect. Like, I knew – I know or think I know that he hurt her I wasn't thinking the whole wife thing though but now you're right they mention it quite a few times like it's just casually kind of brought up sometimes like oh yeah she she didn't see me I just came up from behind and just like little things that are sprinkled in make me think that you've got to be right I just didn't connect the dots you did prologues are so important it's true like I I was almost convinced it wasn't her because I started the story with the thought in mind that the wife is the female main character. And I was almost convinced it wasn't her until she said she has a scar on her belly. That didn't even track for me either because they got me- they mentioned that the baby died, which obviously the baby would die anyway, right? If you were cutting it out and she couldn't have been that far along. But if you were cutting out a baby of a body, it's likely to die anyway. In the prologue, he said she was heavily pregnant. Yeah, but heavily enough to cut out a baby in God knows what kind of facility? Well, that's that's what I'm saying is why they thought she was dead. Well, he also there's also cuts on her body from, like, knee to hip and stuff like that, too. It's not like he just cut the baby out. There was other wounds, her other scars. Oh, I bet you that he actually did that one himself. So it's a real fuck you to have that one come up. I bet you. I'd- Hoffman cut out the baby, which didn't survive. And then he also sliced and diced her below her stomach as well, like on her leg. And he gave her the limp. I'm assuming something broke and didn't get healed right, which actually hints way more in your favor with it being the wife. Because if, she, if she's on the run, she's not getting medical care. She's also yeah. taking under-the-table jobs, you know, and at a said that service. It looked like something that didn't heal right. It looked like something that didn't see medical care is what he said the scar looked like. Yeah. 
just like the limp and all of these other injuries. And then you're right. Obviously I didn't pinpoint the scar on the stomach flew over my head for some reason. Like I know that she didn't want him to see it because he would have questions. But for some reason uh, I was like, my mind jumped to, you remember the LJ Shen book where the girl uh, got raped and then they like carved slut into her stomach. And that's how it started. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's where my mind went when I heard scar on the stomach. I was like, oh, they must have like fucked her up. Uh, I didn't think C-section scar, pregnant wife, duh. It didn't connect in my brain. I I thought Hoffman didn't did it. I just didn't connect the dots yeah. for why. Okay. She's the wife. Changed my mind. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're probably right. All right. Well, let's get back to it. Okay. So if you are reading along with us, go ahead and read until the end of the book, and then we will come back and see if we were right. All right. Pause here. Pause here. Okay, we're back. So I'm going to let you start because I I have some things to say. Yeah. So, um, and I did post like a little snippet of our text conversations in the group. Um, by the way, we have a member in our Facebook group now. Woohoo. Oh, yay. Woo. So that's exciting. So anyways, I, I remember of course having this vibe the same vibe so i wasn't like shock factored by it i was kind of expecting this book to go this way and so i was already in the right mindset for the way this book went so which we discussed we uh, remember course two very different ways so um, I feel like that helped me to enjoy this book a lot more okay so I just want to say I thought that the ending was perfect I thought that like sure maybe there could have been more of an epilogue but honestly like I'm not even mad about it. I thought it was just so much poetic justice. We found out that she was the bone keeper. She had planned all of the murders and everything herself and she did it by herself. Like she's a badass bitch. And uh yeah, I just by the time I got to the ending, I was like, "Oh fuck, yes." And even to the point where she left him, they both got some time to like heal and whatever and come back together in a better place and i just thought it i thought it ended really beautifully um it's it's an ending that's gonna stick with me i thought it was a i liked it um is it one of my favorite candace Wright books no this vibe that is in the series is very different from her other books like consent is not a thing <laughs> in these books where it is in her other books so like if that is a trigger for you or something that you're not okay with um which i'm not okay with it but like i was expecting it so it didn't hold me back from the bigger picture of the book because i remember this being an issue in the first one as well okay so um i did not like this book like well, I don't want to say I didn't. I don't like it completely. I think that the main female character, especially around the end, was she was very strong. She kind of put the perception of being weak up 
to, uh, you know, kind of lull everybody into this like false sense of, you know, she's not important or at the very least she's not dangerous. And I really was happy. I was really happy that she was the bone collector. Um, she, I liked how she handled essentially her own problem. You know, what they did to her, she wasn't the wife. Our theory wasn't correct. She was a random girl who looked somewhat like, I think Hoffman, right? So she looked somewhat like his wife before plastic surgery. And yeah. so he was kidnapping these girls who looked kind of like his wife prior to her surgeries and uh, keeping them locked up and raping them repeatedly until they got pregnant because he wanted an heir. And it was like this background with his, you know, fucked up arranged wife, you know, that not important, but anyway, so most of those yeah. bodies were actually the wife was killing these girls so that he would never have the baby. And yeah, so our theory wasn't right, but it wasn't completely wrong yeah. either. So, because she was the girl that was kidnapped from the bridge and brought back. They did cut out her baby. However, she was still able to get pregnant. And that turned out to be like a really big trigger for her, obviously. It can, <laughs> it, the whole book was kind of fucked up, honestly. But like, I thought it was put together really well. Granted, the sex scenes, they're intense. Like there's a lot of non-consent going on. So if that is not your jam, you probably didn't enjoy this book. I It's not my jam, but I already went into it with the mindset that this was going to happen. So I don't know. Here's where, so um, domestic violence uh, within two main characters really triggers me. Like it's one thing if it's like, oh, an ex-boyfriend and you're getting scenes of it and like rape is happening. But when rape is happening between a couple who have this established relationship, it I think it hurt a lot more seeing it from her POV where she's just like, you know, I'm going to a different place. I'm wrapping myself up while he's doing this. And I'm um, like uh, pretending that, you know, I'm not there. Yeah. It was written having sex with me that triggered the fuck out of me. It um, was written really brutal. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no, there's no saving anybody's feelings in the way that this. No. Was written. And I think, Here's the thing. I will go to the ends of the fucking earth to defend a dark character who does fucked up shit. I will go to the ends of the earth to be like, okay, yeah, but he redeems himself. There is no redemption in this book. There's no redemption. And I feel like at the very least, an epilogue that showed a little bit of him being more human towards the woman he says he's in love with would have helped me justify even the tiniest bit. But it doesn't. Oh, it never happens. I thought we got that. I don't. I think, yeah, he found her. But then she's heavily pregnant. He throws her to the ground and is, and has sex with her again. Like, oh, I thought it was nasty. I thought it was all gross. It made me feel icky. I didn't like this book. I And I hate saying that because I love Candace Wright. And it was very well written. But I don't, I don't like it. And I, yeah, I, I, I know for a fact I would never reread this book. Yeah, I just like I won't reread course. I felt that way about course. I am currently rereading course because I don't remember it being that, but I got through it and I don't remember being triggered at all. But I also I remember us having the exact same conversation that we had at the end of this book at the end of that book. 
I don't remember being this triggered though. Like I don't remember absolutely just disliking this book off the back. I remember it not being my favorite because it was a lot different than Candace Wright's other books. I don't remember having this feeling like this though. Like I remember not liking it and being like, uh, oh, it's you know, it's pretty dark. But I don't remember just straight off the bat being like I would I think maybe last time it was flip-flopped because I remember having that feeling where I was just like, I hate this main male character. Like I, I did not, I, I didn't like that book because the feeling that you're describing now, I had that feeling with coerce. So like we had this exact same conversation except maybe like flip-flopped, you know, when we read that book where we were just like, man, like, yeah, it's not good. He's not likable, whatever. Like, so that's why, like, when I went into this book, I already had the mindset of, okay, it's going to get really dark. There's going to be a lot of things I'm not okay with. Like, I already knew that going in. So I put myself in a different mindset when reading this book so that I wasn't caught off guard. Because I was caught off guard with the last one, and I didn't like it. Yeah. I don't even know why it's so triggering to me. Like, I understand that, like, domestic violence and rape uh, within a relationship is – a little bit of a trigger but this one hit me so much harder for some reason because i've read plenty of books where non-consent is the main theme of them in fact one of my favorite books is uh and this is a hardcore no judging zone right now but descent by sam mariano which is literally the theme is this guy uh sees this girl thinks she's attractive lures her to this club that is essentially a free-for-all for whatever the hell you want rapes her and then obsessively kind of forces her to be in a relationship with him. I love that book. Absolutely love it. And it starts with non-consent. But as the relationship progresses between the characters, it becomes less non-consensual and more of a loving relationship. I did not, I don't know necessarily where the boundary is, where it's going to trigger me and where it's going to still be a good romance for me. And for me, I just feel like this one didn't hit the mark. I think it's because Candace Wright showed every single feeling that this female main character went through. So every single, I hate you, I don't want this, I know I'm not supposed to want this, I'm just going to shut down and block it out because how fucking could you on so many different times. Like, I think it's because she showed, she didn't, she didn't sugarcoat anything. She didn't cut anything for the sake of anybody's feelings. She put every single emotion into it that it's very hard to read and still end up liking either one of the main characters, frankly, because because she did get to a point where she was like, this is just the way it is. It's okay, whatever. I still love him. And when you know, she tried to stick to her guns a little bit, but really she didn't try that hard. You know what I mean? If, if I think anybody else was in a situation where the things that he did to her happened, she would, how do you love that person? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, but she did anyways. And it wasn't like he showed her human moments of himself because he didn't not for a long time, you know? I would say not at all. I, I would say he was the most human with the baby inside of her. Like he was yeah. like, oh, I love you. I'll protect you. Like sweet moments with the baby. But none of that was ever transferred to her. With with her, the love was so 
twisted and like, you are my possession. I own you. I will never let you go. And if you try to kill yourself, I'll break your legs to stop you from leaving me. And it's like, ugh. like, you know, I don't, I don't, it just, it was icky. I don't like it. Yeah. It's not a normal romance. Uh <laughs> You know what, That's actually, I think I do know where this, why this triggered me so hard. You know, it reminds me of, I've talked to you before about, um, it's the reason I hate secret society, like romances. So there's this one series, I don't know the name, I don't know the author, I can barely remember most of this book, but the one, like the scenes that I remember the most are essentially this girl gets kidnapped, taken to this sex trafficking house for the secret society. She is repeatedly raped and tortured essentially under the guise of like a BDSM theme by the main male character to the point where she goes catatonic and breaks down and like just becomes a shell of a person and that's when he's like oh you know what maybe I fucked up a little like I actually like her when she's fighting me and it was all for nothing and I think that this is why I hit like that yeah, there was exactly the same theme in this. Like, he recognized that he wanted to break her, but not enough that she stopped fighting him. And then he did get to the point where he broke her and she just shut down. And that scared him because he's like, I would rather anything than this. Yeah. And uh, so... You know what? And and here's the thing. I avoided secret society romances for years after reading that series. And this book... I think really just kind of hit home at least that aspect. Maybe that's why, because it's so reminiscent of something else. Honestly, this is another like haunting story. Like the descriptions during the sex scenes are haunting. Like the the one where she just checked out, mm-hmm. you know? And she was like, well, what the fuck? Like that, it's haunting. Like it's something that's gonna stick with you. This is not a pretty, flowery lovely book that's going to make you feel good like you don't feel good at all the whole time it was the same thing with course i don't know i'm i'm rereading it and so far i mean obviously i'm only 30 percent in so like nothing dark has happened at all yet uh but i mean as i'm rereading i'm remembering you know stuff from the story because i have read it before i just I don't know. I'm going to have to go through it, especially now after you mentioned that you wanted to see, now that I've read this book, if it will hit differently. And I'm wondering the same thing because like I said, so far I've, I know what's coming, maybe not all the details, but I know what's coming soon. And I just, it's not necessarily bringing the same feeling if that makes sense. Like the same feeling of yeah, dread. Like, she went hard in this book. She did. She, she went hard in this book. And it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I felt mentally prepared to read it. And, Maybe that's uh, it too. I wasn't because I didn't feel the same way that you did about this book. Yeah. And that's why I talked about in the intro that I just remember having a visceral reaction to course. I remember I wasn't mentally prepared and I didn't like it. And because I I was used to all of her other books, they have a little more fluff. You know, they're still talking about dark subjects, but they have a little more fluff in them, a little more humanity. Yeah, humor. Um, also, there's no, there's no humanity in this. Book. Yeah, there's no humanity, no humor, no lightness, no nothing in these books. These This series or duet or whatever the fuck 
is dark and it's twisted and there's um redeeming qualities are not a thing here like if you don't like morally black characters this is not going to be the books for you you know and that's fine uh, would i reread either one of them mm, probably not but i did like this one better because i felt like i was able to put myself in a mindset that would help me enjoy it before i even started so i wasn't caught off guard and that helped me to enjoy the storyline a lot more um and i again i thought the ending was poetic i thought it was a beautiful beautiful ending as far as like romance goes was it beautiful no but like as far as the plot goes i thought it was just a wonderful ending fair enough i mean it just wasn't for me it wasn't my cup of tea and everybody is different and you know what we like and dislike there may be some of you listening out here who have read the book or did read along with us and you ended up liking it and you know what it's not my place to judge anything that somebody else is you know that somebody else likes i'm not gonna yuck your yum if you love this book awesome you know what i do love this author i think that they have such a way with words that they the fact that they can create such a visceral emotion in a reader is a really special thing you know yeah. when you're putting yourself your heart your soul into these books because that's what an author does every time they put a workout you know they're putting a little piece of themselves out there and i i applaud candace right for always being able to elicit some sort of emotion out of me this one just happened to not be a positive emotion <laughs> and you know what um the cool thing too about these read-alongs is that we really take these works and break them all the way down and you know break down writing styles and break down all, all the things and it's it's really cool because when you're reading on your own you don't think about these kind of things as much but when you actually get to sit down and talk to another person about all of the nuances in a book and all of the emotions that it evoked and you know all those things it's really it's fascinating to me because Candace Wright is a beautiful author I think that um, she does dark very well most of the time because she is in my opinion perfected the art of adding enough light to make it a wonderful book these books are still Candace Wright but without the lightness <laughs> and so it's it's unlike any of her other work so if you read this and you didn't enjoy it like Courtney then maybe try some of her other work if you haven't before because she is a great author and her books are fun to read. She's a very fun author to read, um, even though there is enough dark in there that you're sated, you know, because if it's all fun and light and fluffy, sometimes you don't get that like punch of emotion that you need. And her other books are, are beautifully balanced. I, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Especially if this is your first book by Candace, right? Do not judge all of the works of this author based on this specific series. There is so much, and she has, I wanna say something for everyone too. Like she has reverse harem, she has male, female, she has dark, and she has not dark works. Um, I wanna say the, the non-dark works are uh, a lot fewer, but she has a couple out there that aren't dark. And I think that she is definitely, she has such a wide variety. There's something for everyone. Yeah. She's very multifaceted. Yes. She's an incredible author. Yeah, she's got books on all ends of the spectrum. And she's just, it, she's 
one of my favorite authors. Absolutely. She's definitely like top five, one of my favorite authors because um, her books are just so multifaceted. Like you, for the most part, you have an idea of what you're going to get going in. This series, not that way. This, this series is dark. Like if you went into it with the mindset that this is not a light series and you're not going to find any light here, um, it's all dark and it's all going to be nasty, gritty, then you're probably going to like this book a lot more <laughs> than if you went into it like, okay, let's see what Candace Wright put out now, you know, because it's not on the same level as her other books are. For sure. Candace Wright is, you know, we, we gush about her, I want to say, quite often. Really, like, I would say top three, one of my favorite authors. I... Yeah, but I mean, it's okay. Not everybody likes everything from an author. Everybody's going to have their least favorites. Yep. Uh, I think I think we've broken down just about all we can break down. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed this. This was very fun for me, <laughs> um, especially because for the most part, Courtney and I usually have similar opinions at the end of a book. Maybe we'll differ on one or two things, but it's not often that we have completely opposite side of the spectrums as far as the book goes. <laughs> so this was fun. Um, it was interesting to see, like, what what's going to be the book that makes us disagree. <laughs> yeah, I was not um, expecting it to be a Candace Wright book, for sure. I didn't expect me to be the one that liked it. Because I, I did not like Coerce. <laughs> but again, I don't know. I wasn't in the mindset that I was this time. So I'm interested to see what you think, of course, after you just finished this book. So maybe... Maybe we can talk Courtney into getting on social media and making a post on the Facebook group what she thinks of course after. <sighs> Maybe. Yeah, I think I can manage that. Yes, I will be posting just, I guess, a little little snippets of my feelings on course for the reread. I feel like a lot of details somehow escaped my notice last time. So. It's okay. And here's another thing. course is extremely confusing. That's true. It's, well, yes and no. I mean, because I know what happens, I feel like I'm a lot less confused this time um, and details are coming back. But there's also, like, I'm reading stuff and I'm like, I don't remember this happening. As a first-time read, that book is incredibly confusing. Yeah, for sure. You have your text know what's going on. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I really wish that course had been a read-along, almost. Okay. So thank you guys for listening. We hope you join us next week for our read-along of Lost Boys um, by Jesse Walker. It is going to be so good. We're, re we're recording both at the same time, so we already know that we like it <laughs> so far. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. bye.